Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. This is a place where we share how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Welcome to episode five, From Hopelessness to Divine Connection. Today, we are talking to Cece Treadwell, a multidisciplinary artist and energy healer. She has been leading artists, healers, business people, entrepreneurs, and holistic practitioners into their fullest expressed potential for almost 20 years while working as an artist, video editor, and musician. Her unique ability to synthesize right brain creative intuition with left brain functionality creates powerful, practical, and magical results in her client's life and health. And today we're talking about the parts of ourselves that get hopeless and in deep, deep pain and how connecting to a divine source can be an amazing opportunity for transformation. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome. I'm so excited to do the Infinite Love podcast with you, Cece. It's been a pleasure to have known you and getting to know you more. So I'm excited to hear more about your story. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This is a really beautiful opportunity. And it's just nice to sink in with you. And hopefully we can come up with something to inspire or help others. (laughs) (laughs) So you're a healer an energy medicine healer, sound healer. Tell me a little bit about how you came to be the practitioner that you are today. Well, it's a a big question, right? (laughs) Um, Definitely a life path, definitely a life, uh, a life journey. And um, when I was very young, I, I, my parents actually, we, we used to hang out in this the ARE community, which was kind of, which was started by the, this trans channel, um, Edgar Casey. Oh yes. And Edgar, yeah, yeah. So we were a part of that community in my oh, really? formative years. Yeah. Wow. And he was no longer alive, but this, it was this very spiritual, loving, um, a scene like, you know, Christianity without all the crazy, um, yeah. just this beautiful, energy that was always streaming through. And so I, I kind of grew up with that around me and we used to go see channelers and healers. And there was this one time where we saw a channeler and they came up to me and I was like three and told my mom, she'll be a healer if she chooses. Hmm. And it was something like, you know, since my mom was so open, she was like, ooh, <laughs> you know, there was no <laughs> stigma on these things in, in my family, thankfully. And so, um, I feel like she really nourished the, that energy, the spiritual energy. And I felt like I always knew I would be a healer. I was always interested in spirituality and indigenous spirituality and on all this stuff. And, it, and I guess in my 20s, I studied a lot. And then I finally went to the Barbara Brennan School of Healing in my late 20s, and, and, uh, which is a four-year mind, body, spirit, energy healing, personal transformation program. And um, I did that when I felt like I was old enough. Because <laughs> being a healer seemed like a really daunting job. It is. It is. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. wrong about that. <laughs> no, there's a lot of lessons that you need to learn to be able to do this work. And what mm-hmm. was your love lesson that really 
brought you to your knees, so to speak, where you really had to look deep within yourself and figure out who you are and what you wanted to bring to the world in order to find your purpose and make that the pillar of your life? Well, it's interesting that you say love because, I mean, that's the whole thing that you're doing, but beyond <laughs> that, <laughs> like, it was definitely terrible things that happened in relationships and with men that inspired my healing path. Mm. And uh, first in my early 20s, um, where I went through, unfortunately, like a lot of women, I went through a rape. I went mm. through um, really terrible, lying, cheating, disrespecting, just I got caught up in some, uh, like a really dark time. And the pain that I, and, and with the disbelief that I went in at that time, uh, propelled me into healing journey. I started making films about my healing process. And again, I was always interested in it, but the particular thing that I was going to do like erupted at that time. There was a level of pain from one of the breakups that was so severe. I didn't even know myself anymore. It was like Pandora's box open from my heart and I could not control the amount of anger, sadness, and darkness that was like just flowing out of me. The only thing I could do was like stand in front of a camera and just start sharing all about it so it was like these performance art pieces my desperation of like feeling like i had nothing to stand on anymore mm -hmm. and through that process and people women seeing my films i started having all these women come up to me and be like oh my god you're finally putting a voice to the things i've been going through like everybody thinks this is just how it is when i'm dying i don't know like how i'm gonna make it and he keeps coming back and blah, blah. and it was like what I saw was that women were suffering right. because there was, no, there was no right to even have these feelings at that time. Mm -hmm. so, so that became like a really profound catalyst for my personal healing journey because I couldn't understand why I went, what I felt like from a really strong independent woman to like this, this pile of grief and insecurity and insanity, like I felt crazy. Um, with being treated like that mm -hmm. and having nowhere really to go to. Right. I had another incident happen in my late twenties while I was in healing school where I was raped in Puerto Rico again. Oh, no. And this, this, I had been working so hard and I had so much karma in this area of love and relationships. I mean, no matter what I did, it was like just these terrible things would happen to me. Meanwhile, I'm in therapy, I'm in healing school, I'm doing all the things, I'm processing the past lives, I'm you know, reading all the books, I'm doing whatever I could, and then this happened in Puerto Rico and I just had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. And it was that nervous breakdown that led me to a healer who was recommended to me. And I just said to him like, I'm, I'm done, like I'm working my butt off here and it's only getting worse. And he just, uh, he just looked at me and started crying because he was so uh, tuned in to what I had been through. He could really feel what was happening and he had a really strong connection with his guidance. And he just said, listen, get on the table. You don't have to do anything. You've done enough work here. Like you're not responsible for this. And he did a healing and re like removed all this trauma, connected me with my higher self 
And that was it. I was reborn. It was like a born again experience. My divine self started flooding through my body. And I started channeling from that point forward, my higher self. I, I went into a state, like I slept for 24 hours after that healing. And when I woke up, I was in a state of like nirvana. I had been reconnected to God. That's all I cared about, really. Mm -hmm. Such a spiritual person. That connection was everything to me. So to feel it so palpably and to know who I was centered in spirit was was everything. Mm -hmm. And from that, my whole practice really grew. I mean, I wasn't seeing clients as a professional until I graduated from the Barbara Brennan School, 31 after that healing. And then it was like my practice just exploded. And I actually experienced another heartbreak at that time, which was another catalyzer, but it was a relationship of deep, deep love anyway. It wasn't, it was beautiful um, exchange of love. And so, so I began to see women one after the next, heartbroken, abused, raped, one after the next, after the next, after the next, all coming with similar stories through that process is when I developed, you know, what I like to do with people, which is to reconnect them to their spirituality, to their guides. So that healing that I got, I've given to many, many people because my that healer trained me how to do it. And, and then connecting to the earth, deep earth rhythms, um, the true feminine, outside of the patriarchy it was a big big thing for me for a long time like smash the patriarchy in a loving way as we unleash the beautiful feminine energy that's been suppressed (laughs) for so long you know what i mean and now like you see a whole society waking up to this and i'm like whoo finally like like, looking back a little bit and like you know everyone's sort of singing the tune i've been singing you know and um And so connecting to the earth and then connecting to the creativity flowing through the womb space, the absolute mm-hmm. like primal force of life, creativity, sexuality, life purpose, um, all of that, like the, the joy of the creative spirit just flowing through. So those are like, you know, and then training healers. I train a lot of healers too. Oh, you do? Yeah. <laughs> so you, do you train the healers in the methodology that the healer gave you or everything that you've learned? Everything that I've learned. I mean, he gave me so much. And then also, obviously, the Barbara Brennan School for your, you know, so much from there, right? Um, I don't teach her method. um, But I, yeah, I mean, over the years after working with so many people, you just, everyone's going to develop their own healership. Of course. Yeah. So, and because I was also an artist and a singer, all of that really flows into my work. So I bring in a lot of spiritual artists who, are looking for ways to really focus in their purpose and their genius into something tangible, right? Because we're creating an entirely new paradigm right now right. on earth. So people are like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a time, especially this year, I feel like it's been a time for people to learn how to go within, especially since we have no choice. We have to be inside. I know my yeah. life hasn't shifted much because I mostly work from home. And I work close to home, so I my day-to-day life hasn't shifted. But for so many, just being at home all the time, not seeing friends and family, you have no choice but to go within. So I think a lot of people are taking the opportunity to figure out like who they are. And if they lost their job, it's like, okay, what, can, what else can I do? And taking on this 
responsibility right. to learn more about oneself. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. It's been like you thought you were doing that work before. Let's raise it, you know. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it happened levels. for me. Yeah. Like I was <laughs> thought I was doing something and then pandemic happened. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm being called to do something else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it makes the spirit very clear. And I think we're seeing the, the way, and I knew this was going to happen. Like when you, when you contract, there's always an expansion, right? Mm -hmm. And I felt like the human spirit starting to like shake. <laughs> and then we, you know, and then it was like with the social justice, racial justice, all of right. that, like the sheer explosion of energy from people like being forced to just deal with the things that they weren't able to, to deal with before because you're too busy doing mm -hmm. the day-to-day -day of your life. So not only the internal journey, but the collective journey of like, no way, we got to change these things. Like, can't live like this anymore. This is a lie living like this. Yes. So. And I hope it may, I hope it continues. That's my prayer that it, it stays the momentum continues and people wake up to social injustice and all the hatred and all the violence and moving towards a more peaceful, inclusive world. That's the, that's the dream. Well, uh, I feel like it'll just keep going in rounds, right? Because we have so many different levels of consciousness operating on this planet yes. right now. But yeah, I think it'll keep going. I think a new standard has been set. And even though I think things are getting worse as much as they're getting better before they get better. I'm an optimist, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I think better along, <laughs> even though right now there's, you know, a lot of amplification of the, of the, the yucky stuff as well. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think that's why this work is so important. I mean, so many women have gone through some level of sexual or physical trauma. It's nearly surreal. Like I don't, I think I've met a woman that hasn't had anything. I think I've met maybe one or two in my entire life. There's always something, even if it's always something, even if it's a microaggression or sexual harassment or something like just getting groped on the subway. Like that happened to me when I was a teenager and I was so confused. I'm like, who, what, why? It's like that feeling of not right. feeling safe. You yeah, know, and it's and it's not, and I just also feel like we're so lucky that we're in America, but there are places in the world where it's far worse to be a woman in terms yeah. of safety, and where you can mm -hmm. be in the world by yourself. Like I was in Brazil, and I literally was told, "Don't walk around by yourself at night." And even Brazilian yeah. women don't walk around at night. When I was in Salvador, which was so mind-boggling to me, but I was like, "Yeah, different parts of the world have different." Mm -hmm. We have to be in different spaces. But what I think is more important is finding safety within yourself. And that's something I've been working on presently. It's like feeling safe within my, within my spirit, knowing that I have my guidance. I'm connected to source, that I feel safe within me. So wherever I go, I don't have this hypervigilance, which I feel like yeah. as a Black woman, I've always had this like hypervigilance, always concerned about my safety if something's going to happen. And that's something I think mm -hmm. is so important as well, is just feeling safe within your being, yeah. regardless of where you are. I mean, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And then <clears throat> in that process of taking the time to feel safe within one's being, I think we have parameters in the external that help us to feel safe too. And when we honor the, those spaces within is when we start making better choices about what really mm -hmm. nourishes us. Right. I mean, because we can, because of trauma or habit, keep ending up in unsafe environments. I know that was part of what was happening with me is that I would just, because of the trauma, just go just like a magnet right back to mm -hmm. these unsafe situations. And right. as we, you know, I mean, of course I had that healing, but also like it took years of, of sinking into the safe space within so that I could make the choice of actually living somewhere where I felt safe, of living in a way that nourished my spirit and made me and allowed me to relax. True. And also, I just want to point out, like, I know this, this healer was amazing, but you did years of work, yeah. years of work so that healing could actually happen. So you actually yeah. did a lot of the healing. He pretty much took you over the edge because he did. I want people to just understand that there's no miracle workers that can do the work for you. Like you also have to do the work and then healers assist. Yeah. That, that right. Healer. Your body's ready. When your body's ready and when it's your time, right? Right. Exactly. It was right in my Saturn return. So, you know, it, it's like I did all that work and then, yes, it was just time. It was time for me to surrender and say, mm -hmm. wow, I, I really need help here. Mm -hmm. Like I actually right. can't. There was that place of like not blaming myself anymore that, mm -hmm. and just being done, being mm -hmm. so done that I really, really handed over to spirit. I just said like, I got nothing. I got nothing left for this. Mm -hmm. And so that, uh, yes, it's, it's like, it's, it's a really, it's a relationship with, right. with the healing force of life and with our own karmic and dharmic path. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And for those that don't know, can you talk about a little bit about a Saturn return? Sure. Means? Well, um, so we, Saturn is a planet in, in our universe and that carries a lot of energy of like discipline and karma and responsibility and learning your lessons. And when you're in your late twenties, early thirties, it kind of comes right back to the place it was when you were born. So it, it literally, so you have your Saturn conjunct Saturn and it tends, it can really amplify your karmic issues and make your life really challenging, really forces you to to deal, to deal with your stuff and, mm -hmm. and grow and mature. Right. And it happens every 29, 28 years. So it should happen again in like what late forties, early fifties, something like that. Uh, I think like 60, right? 60. Oh yeah. 30, 30, yeah. 60. So late, <laughs> late. So 58, 60 something in there. Mm -hmm. 62. Yeah. Right? It's like a little more or less yeah but but the thing is saturn age is like a fine wine so the older you get the more you've done where the stuff the, uh, dealt with your stuff the more the benefits of saturn um mm -hmm. come in so the heart is like the hard work miracle saturn rewards those who work hard so if you worked hard you get and you have like you know saturn things happening later in life they tend to not be as hard if you've done the work right well, that's good explanation because I feel like a lot of people say Saturn return and I'm like, um, it's not always Saturn return. You know how like people say, oh, it's Mercury retrograde. And I'm like, it's not Mercury retrograde. We can't. <laughs> it's new. <laughs> it's just like, you're just not good with technology. You can't blame <laughs> the planets. <laughs> totally. I think 
like the way I experience the planets and I'm actually like, um, I, I've always been obsessed with it, but I'm actually training to be, to become a Vedic astrologer right now because oh, I, Lord. Yeah, I got so starstruck, like over this whole quarantine period, I got obsessed. Really? Like I really just went, I, I don't know, I, I started experiencing the stars on the planet so deeply inside of myself that it was like, I, I just fell in love with them. Like I fell That's in amazing. love so much with earth and the elements all of a sudden. Like, oh my God, Saturn, is that you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a process to learn Vedic astrology. It's so complicated. So bravo. It is. It is definitely like even when I, whenever I get a reading I'm always like there's so much so much yeah Matt, and that's what's so great about it because it's yeah. like they really mapped out the evolutionary mm -hmm. spiral of life you know mm -hmm. and it's like so cool it is very cool it's taking everything I feel like I've studied and like landing it in this grand medicine wheel of creation uh -huh. I mean that's how it feels to me and I'm just like I'm like bedazzled by the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> well let me know when you're ready to if you need test subjects for a reading <laughs> okay <laughs> nice so we're gonna um segue a little bit into um when you work with clients what's like one of the first things that you do with them are, how, are they coming to you already experiencing healing work how do you walk them through a process of reconnecting them to their spirit with do you talk about willingness um lifestyle changes like what's what's a little bit about tell me tell us a little bit about your method of how you work with people that you've done for yourself and that has worked for your clients okay well <clears throat> clients come to me for for different reasons right but if i have someone uh, i have a lot of people who are spiritually open but they have no idea what to do with it mm. they come in because they're like wow i had this experience and this angel started talking to me and it changed my entire life and i don't know how to like integrate this with my day job at the accountant's office you know what i mean right and so i begin to take them on a process of learning how to open up their guidance talk to guides angels all that kind of stuff while they're developing a connection to their inner self um, and their inner divine self and, and everything. Um, and, and I just mentor them and teach them over a period of time. And I have specific methods to talk, to learn how to channel, talk to guys, receive guidance that I've been developing since 2006. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, so that, and that is such a joy. And that becomes then like the beginning stages of training the healer. A lot of those people, if they're really serious, then sort of jump on a board to start uh, developing a healing practice if they're ready. And I'm, I'm can be a little old school because I, I, you know, I have programs that are like six months, but I also work and mentor with people over years uh, to, to help them step into their healership because we can get a lot of trainees in different places now, but bringing it all together into your unique spark and learning how to manage a practice. I mean, the amount of energy, maturity, space holding, responsibility, business savvy, marketing savvy. I mean, it's a beast. So being able to like, you know, walk them through that process as they're going through their own awakening, which is like so intense. So that's, that's one type of client. Okay. Then I have other clients the the women who come in with with this trauma and we help to clean up the womb space and heal the broken hearts and get their system 
really anchored into the the true feminine codes of the earth, mm-hmm. which initially I started calling womb power, the womb power, because yeah. you know <laughs> we're strong, we are. and this whole idea that we're supposed to be less than is ridiculous, and. I have never met a woman who once they activated their womb power wasn't didn't didn't start going like full goddess, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know a lot of weak or meek women, I should say, underneath it all. It's mm-hmm. learned behavior most of the time. The feminine spirit is just outrageously strong. So you start bringing that in, um, working through trauma, all that kind of stuff. So and then I guess the and, and, and by the way, I also work with men. I don't just work with women or non-binary, like really anyone who's, who's brought forth or called to me, I'm, I'm happy to work with. I just, my path has been a feminine healing. So that's what I tend to focus on. Like that's what I came here to do. So that's what I do, but I'm, I, I work with anybody. Um, so men come and that's always an interesting process because um, depending on how old they are, really, like the younger men are so much more emotionally integrated because it wasn't like beaten out of them. Older men, um, really, really different process to work with them, to have them open to their spirituality and learn to let go and just drop in to life without having to control it or, um, yeah, I feel like they just always have to be the top dog. Like it's actually the whole male aspect of the you know false patriarchy as I was called it's just very painful you know been so grateful to see the men's work start to get bigger and bigger and more more support for men as we all become more conscious right but um and the, the other thing I, I love to do is I work with with healers and um, artists and spiritual like creative spiritual people to develop their creativity oftentimes writing books making music um anything creating their business like I just love to mentor the creative spirit flowing through somebody and and seeing where we land I'd love to help catalyze that I love people who come in and they're like I don't know I just feel like I have something that wants to birth but I don't know what it is that's like to me like the sweet spot like let's help open that up and bring it through and I've become like really, really fascinated with how the creative energy moves through the levels and dimensions and the chakras and where we get stuck, why we get stuck, how to open that up, how, you know, how to, it's like that whole, that's like one of my most favorite things to do. Really. Nice. I love it. <laughs> that's great. Um, okay. So Here's some love, infinite love questions. Um, how do you use love in your work? Well, I think it takes a lot of bravery to sit in love with people through their darkest night. Mm. You're modeling that love to them. You're like, for me, I'm teaching people how to love these rejected aspects of self, unknown aspects of self aspects of self that feel just way too shameful, too much, too little, too anything. It's love that, that heals this. It's love for every single bit of ourselves that builds the foundation for creativity, for expression, for being visible, for prosperity, for healthy relationships and friendships. Like 
love is that that love is like strong again love is real strong when when you're really committed to it as a practice and of course we could say that love is flowing through everything but the pro the process of like learning to love yourself as a science not even as like a well i really love myself but like whoa that part yes. of me that just said something mean to somebody mm -hmm. i have a big mouth sometimes i say the wrong thing that's been like and, and then i i like hate myself for it or i have you know big practice to sit with that like uncontrollable mouth you know and just be like you're worth loving mm. you know you're worth loving so love is the foundational element of all healing yes and that's absolutely. what we were born to do we're just we're just letting go of everything that prevents us from being able to experience that love share that love and receive that love beautiful So how do you feel that you're, so this is a big purpose for you, everything that you have gone through. How do you see your work used to lift up humanity? Well, I, I, I am like just absolutely possessed with re reconnecting as many people as possible to their divine selves and to the earth. Mm -hmm. I'm just, and I just think that's what we need. And, and of course to each other, right? Mm -hmm. But as we, as we reclaim our sense of rootedness and, and belonging to this planet, we really can relax into the experience more because we will know it more. If we have this divine connection, we know we don't just get stuck in the ego. If we have the connection to earth, we understand that we're loved unconditionally by this great mother who's, who gives us everything we need. We understand in connecting with the earth that we all have these beautiful myths and traditions and dances and rites of passages that move through every race on this planet and as we rediscover that in ourselves we can respect other people's cultures because we know how precious it is and, and how those cultures really flow from the earth from the from the dance and the love of the earth and of, of the sky coming together in this union to create all of this magic for us and so you know part so much of helping humanity i think is just helping us to remember who we really are and what's good about us and like what's, especially, you know, because I'm white right now, there's so much self-hatred in, in the white race. There's so much guilt. There's so much um, violence that's been left unhealed, unseen. Mm -hmm. And so I have worked with a lot of European Americans and that whole thing to, to help reconnect and, and, and forgive them, themselves for just even being born this way, you know, um, helping with that projection. There's a huge projection too, and getting to remember who we are, getting to remember what's good, forgiving, and and taking responsibility and all that stuff. Um, it's a huge part of of my work and and my small little piece of what can can help humanity come back together. <laughs> you know, um, doing a course right now with an Irish woman and we're helping Americans to reconnect to their indigenous roots, their Irish Celtic roots and start to really wow. feel that energy flowing through them and heal that fragmentation of when, you know, everybody left usually for traumatic reasons and said goodbye to their whole everything, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, as every immigrant or slave had to you know, is gone, that they're like, coming to America means, and there's different, of course, levels of trauma around it, but it means cutting off from who you were and becoming this ideal that was 
how it was until the last like 10 years, right? Where it started to become like, hey, we get to keep our identity. It wasn't ever like that before. Sure. So, you know, all of the like Italianness and Irishness, like I wasn't, I didn't even know I was Italian until I was like, I don't know, a teenager because it was shameful in our family to be Italian. Really? Like, oh yeah, because of the discrimination was so That's intense. True. Just one generation back. So the idea was like, let's be as waspy as we can, you know? Mm -hmm. So I thought like, that's all we were. I thought we were just like that. But really when I did all the research, like Italian and Irish and French, it was like, you know, all of this really fun and exciting energy that flowed through our lines that made a lot more sense for my personality. So, um, <laughs> you know, so I've, I've, I've had the pleasure of journeying to meet my ancestors in Ireland and I have many countries. I got to do Italy too. I got to do Germany. I got to do, you know, there's like all of that. I'm really just like an amalgamation of the entire continent and some uh, Middle East. But, uh, so it's like, you know, that to me is like really exciting and, and, and mm. helping, uh, before I, I discovered like where I came from, I literally thought I just fell off of a cloud and landed on the planet as like an evil white person. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> like it was so, well, I grew up in a very uh, multicultural uh, area. So we learned all about the Holocaust early. Right. And I just like, was always like, oh. <laughs> so um, learning about the roots is what helped heal um, a lot of that made me feel like I belonged on this planet and mm. that there was good things running through me. So yeah, just helping as many people to, to see that and to remember where we came from. And uh, yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful work, especially with, uh, with the white people that live here. Cause I feel like that's true. There's so many cultures that they're unaware of because they are American, but they came from somewhere. They didn't just land here. And they experienced a lot of violence in Europe, the ones that came over here. So it was a uh, living in Europe at that time. If you were not part of that European culture, it was a traumatic experience for them. So, and then they brought that violence back here, and then it's that the cycle continued. So that it was that, just the way it was, right? Yeah, it's just the way it was. If you're an um, oppressed person, you become the oppressor, unless you do some healing to break that cycle within yourself, right? And and nobody was doing that no. <laughs> at that time. We're, we're doing it now. Yeah. It's real messy. It's, really it's messy. very messy. And it's painful. And you also <laughs> have to have that willingness to see those aspects of yourself that exist within you. That Because I think a lot of yeah. times when people think of ancestral work, they're like, oh, but that was so long ago. That has nothing to do with me. I think it's really about understanding who you are. Yeah. And, you know, the having well, that deeper connection. Right, and then uh, um, most in indigenous work and ceremonial work and, and family constellation work, we know that we are carrying the burdens of our ancestors within us unless we've healed it, unless we take that time to heal it and go into these ancestral wounds and allow the spirit of the divine to come and help us heal these things as a lineage, as a family. They, don't, they, can, they just get passed on. They become mental illness, they become violence, they become, you know, weird quirks, even diseases. Uh, and so as we sit with our ancestors and remember that sacred connection, yeah. and part of the, what I teach is like where these ancestors live, how we contact them, how we talk to them, how we bring healing to these lines. 
and, and what that means for, for the larger human family. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's just so many levels of all of this. Absolutely. See here. So we're gonna do the quick fire questions. What do you love okay. most about your life? Honestly, the trees that surround me. <laughs> nice. In the forest where I live. Beautiful. Nature. Just, nature. Okay. How <laughs> do you feel you receive love? I receive love from, oh, besides the trees. Um, <laughs> I, I love how I have the love that I receive with my friends and my community. Hmm. I just feel so loved. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> okay. When do you feel the most love? When I open my heart, when I'm brave enough to fully open and, and let it in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And where has love created a miracle in your life? No, there's so many miracles, but. (laughs) I know, right? I'm like, God, so many miracles, but. (laughs) I'm gonna say this, I don't know if she'll listen to it, but I feel like love allowed, healed the relationship with my mother. We had a tough relationship, very tough, both sides. We were both tough. But I mean, the, the love between family members and especially mother-daughter, like mm-hmm. it's irrational and amazing yeah. <laughs> and bonded. And, and I feel like the commitment to stay in the alchemy of that mm-hmm. fire, which is decades long struggle into a surrender and I don't know, into, it was love. And, and then in my later years to have healed that relationship. That's the biggest miracle of my life. That's beautiful and inspiring. I feel like millions of mother-daughter relationships need so much love and compassion and healing. It's a tough one. It's a tough yeah. one. And men oh, too. Yeah. I feel like the whole relationship to mom and just parents in general, honestly, because so many parents are disassociated and haven't gone, haven't done their work. And then they pass it on to their children, especially children. I find that are empathic and sensitive and spiritual and having parents that are not as supportive or don't understand it. It's, it's <laughs> childhood is rough. Honestly, it's, it's, it's almost like a rite of passage. Like you, come on this planet you have an intense childhood and then you have to like work your way around it and through it to get to the other yep. side but unfortunately so many people don't because it's I know hard work it's hard work and you know if you incarnated to be a healer for your family lineage and for the planet your, your lessons start real early like right from right away in utero <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly ah! When you come out like, oh, what is happening? My dad, I know. My dad said when they took me out of my mom's while I was a C-section, my eyes popped open and I was staring at him like, 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 where where am I? I? 
<laughs> exactly. That's appropriate. We have no idea where we are. And I looked him dead in the eye and the, and my dad was taken back because infants supposedly don't look because they're, you know, right. And the nurse was like, oh, she can't see you. And my dad is like, oh yeah, she can. <laughs> I literally was looking at him like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that is the theme of my life. I'm just like, what is going on? all of us we're just aware of it right it's 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 good and bad to be aware of it like sometimes i think about all the fighting and craziness going on i'm like wow everyone's fighting and still we have no idea what's going on we have no idea why we're yeah. here like we're fighting over all these things when we're just a bunch of weirdos on this planet here rotating in the middle of space we have no idea how any of this got here but like yeah you know we fight, fight about masks all year I know. <laughs> I know that. Um, but it's interesting because I think that's what fear does. Fear is a very powerful energy. It, it can take yes, you, it, it, can it takes over. It just takes over. And there's no mm -hmm. rationality. There's no, there's nothing. Like when you're in that deep, deep fear that hits you in the reptilian brain. That's yeah, it. it's over. No. Survival mode. Yeah, you can't even talk to people. They're just like, and it's not even about the mask. It's on such a deeper issue, but they're not, right. most people don't want to go there. So they're focusing on the mask. And before it was a yeah. toilet paper. It was just like, we're going to focus on something that seems benign because the deeper issue is so much more painful. To yeah, look at. absolutely. So I'm, we're all just watching everyone just go crazy. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And and this kind of brings us back to safety, like you were saying. And, um, you know, there were many years I, I did a lot of ceremonies with indigenous peoples all through North, Central and South America. And this was in like the, the 2006, 7, 8. And um, they all just said this is coming like this. They were talking about we thought it might happen in 2012. But they said, you know, this thing is going to come get somewhere safe get somewhere yeah. where you know your water you know your community you know um you can be with god you can be safe and i i listened you know i was really like okay i'm gonna do that yeah true. i'm so grateful so grateful yeah i've written this whole thing out in the middle of the forest with with like-minded people who we paid a lot of attention to our mindset and would get together at a safe distance and meditate and you know, allow yeah. the divine energies to flow through us and anchor us um, so that we stayed out of the fear. And it was um, yeah. just really grateful to the indigenous people for telling me that. Yeah, girl, that's a blessing. I was in LA two years ago and I had this huge push to get out. Like, you need to leave LA, you need to leave LA. And I left LA and I came up here to the Bay and I am so grateful that I did because if I was doing COVID in LA, like I would have been freaking out because I yeah. would have had no friends. I would have been by myself. It would have just, and in the city, like it just would have been terrible. Like I've been, I'm so happy to be where I'm at, where it's like the suburbs, there's trees, it's nature, there's hiking. So I'm not, I don't feel so isolated in this box. Like the people, like my mom is in New York City, but she's, you know, she's in an apartment and no nature. It's just not oh. the same. Oh God, and it's so hard. 
Yeah, I know some people are doing all right yeah. with it. You know, if they're like, if that's who they are, but if that's not who you are, like, oh my gosh. Well, the thing is when you're like, I grew up in New York City, right? So when you grow up in New York City, your connection to nature is so disconnected and you don't right. really think about it. Like I grew up right in between Times Square and Central Park. So I had Central Park, but I never saw the sky until I was 18, like the full sky. I never yeah. saw stars. I never really walked on grass or trails. I didn't do any of that till I was like in my twenties. Like for me, nature was like, I, it was concrete and a tiny little square of sky that you see in between buildings and Central Park. My parents don't hike, they don't do nature, they don't do any of those things. So I never went camping. So for me, when you're in that environment, you almost don't even think about it. You're just like, it's not till I left New York that I was like, oh my God, there's this whole expanse of the world that you don't experience when you're born in Manhattan. You're just kind of stuck in the island and that's, and that's all you focus on because it's survival. You're like, you gotta get, to, get to get there, you gotta go there, you gotta get on the subway, you gotta live. You're not thinking about, let me hug a tree and lay down on the grass because <laughs> it'll be filled with poop. And you know, you're like, oh. you know, like it's just not, it's just a different mentality, total different mentality. And yeah. it, it wasn't, it took me years to be able to be like, oh my God, there's other things out here. So, so my mom isn't thinking about it. Right. She, exactly. She doesn't, it doesn't even occur to her that she's stuck in a, in a, in a little apartment in Manhattan. That's just, that's her home. Yeah. It's just like, it doesn't, and it wouldn't have occurred to me either if I was, you know, when I was a kid living there and I had to quarantine in my apartment, I wouldn't think about all the things I would, I would have had if I was somewhere else. <laughs> right. You know, that's. Yes. I grew up with nature and trees and everything. So when I moved into the city, like, I think there wasn't a day that went by that I wasn't like, oh, like missing <laughs> that connection, you know, but like when you grow up in the New York suburbs, like you move to the city in your 20s and you get a yeah. job. That's what you do. Right. So that's what I did. And I'd be like, <laughs> I'd try to get apartments where I could just see a tree. All I wanted was to be able to see a tree. If I could see a tree from my window, I might survive, you know, the day. Mm -hmm. It's very yeah, intense. It is. Now I can't imagine. Like for me, that's one of my big criteria is like wherever I live there needs to be trees on the property like I need to be able to go outside it needs to be close to a trail I need to just then just needs to be nature like I can't do it anymore like it's like so it's got it's so out of me now that leaving LA I'm just like I'm never gonna live in a city ever yeah <laughs> ever <laughs> I want to live in the country quiet I love I like absolutely love it and it's like, I've always felt like I was a country girl that grew up in the city. Like, cause I never felt comfortable right. in the city. I was always like, that's yeah. feel right. And then when I moved to like country, meaning like the suburbs, like I really would love to live in the real deal country. Um, but as of now I live in the suburbs of San Francisco, which feels like right. the country, but it's not really. Um, it's not really nice though. I mean, it's really <laughs> nice. But the suburb, my, the suburb where I grew up was just like full of trees and flowers and land. Yeah. Was, you know, great. So. Yeah, but there's something about living like in, I mean, those little towns that are quiet and there's just, you have a house that has acres around it. It's quiet. You can like walk around. That's like my dream. <laughs> That's my life goal is to have a beautiful house somewhere at the 
bottom of a mountain, access to a wow. lake, super quiet. Wow, that's maybe so. One day, so that's <laughs> that's that's my that's my goal is that's my that's where I want to retire somewhere quiet like that. Yeah, we'll see. But until then, I'm enjoying my life in the Bay Area. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very grateful. Lovely. Yeah. Well, this has been a pleasure. So how could people find you? cctreadway.com. Okay. I just try to make it easy. Is CC short for something? Yes. Uh, it is short for Caroline Cornelia. Caroline Cornelia. That's really beautiful. Thank you. It's a Southern, Southern name. It really is. My so I have half New Yorkers and half Southerners. And actually, my grandmother was named after the Carolinas, like that Southern. Wow. And then I was named after her. So, so or maybe it was my great-grandmother who, who ended up going by Lena. And then my grandmother went by Caroline. And then I'm mm -hmm. Caroline. But people started calling me Cece when I was in nursery school. So it stuck. Yeah, people try to start calling me Cece because of my initials. And I was like, nah. No, you didn't go for it. Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> We had had an interview and both of us named Cece because that never happens. Actually, I'm so proprietary over it that when I meet another Cece, I'm like, what's that about? Because it's so rare. <laughs> yeah, people tried and I was like, nah, nah. Or my middle name is Jamila. So people try to call me CJ and I was like, no. I prefer Cece to CJ. And um, I don't know. I just never. Yeah, I had one boyfriend that tried to call me that and I was like, Jamila, so beautiful. Thank you. That's what it means. Um, but I think you're a perfect CC. I think CC is a great, it fits you well, but I was always curious about your full name. So thanks. For there sharing. were like times where I was like, okay, I'm going to start going by Caroline and it just never stuck because people like calling, they like saying CC. Yeah, no, CC is great. I mean, I've met a few <laughs> CCs and I feel like it always matches their personality. Like, and I also feel like your name's so unique because it's it's you. you. You have your ancestral names, but then Cece is you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not connected to anyone else. Like you've created your own being. You know how like some people change their name? Yeah. Like yeah. I know. I always sort of toyed with that, but then I was like, Cece Treadway is kind of cool. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I think that one's good. Why change it? It's working. <laughs> I know. I wanted to change my name too, but I was like, nah. <laughs> well, you know, because you always end up changing it back. That's like right. what happens with that. People end up changing it back. So I was like, I'll just skip that step. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So people can go to your website and find out more about you and how to work with you and all of that. Yes, that's all there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. I love talking to you and learning more about you and how your infinite love work is spreading around the world. It's awesome. So thank you so well, much. Thank you so here. much. This was absolutely wonderful. Also, just so good to talk to you and sink in and have a good time. And I forgot we were, you know, doing an interview at a certain point. So <laughs> well, that's, that's always a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. 
For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.